match your salesforce structure to your business life cycle smart bicycle racing team teams match their strategies to the stages of a race in order to win in the flat stretches team members take turns riding in front because it's easier for the team leader to pedal when someone ahead is cutting the wind in the mountains some riders make the task easier for the leader by setting the pace and by choosing the best line of ascent in the time trials a few team members maintain steady speedy speeds over long distances to lower the team's average finishing time talent always matters but in most races the way team deploy talent over time in different formations in different contexts makes the difference between winning and losing that's a lesson sales leaders must learn although companies devote considerable time and money to managing their sales forces few focus much thought on how the sales force needs to change over the life cycle of a product or a business however shifts in the sales forces structure are essential in the company if a company wants to keep winning the race for customers specifically companies must alter four factors over time the roles that the sales force and selling partners play the size of the sales force the sales force degree of specialization and how sales people apportion their efforts among different customers products and activities these variables are critical because they determine how quickly sales forces respond to market opportunities they influence sales force performance and they affect company's revenue costs and profitability admittedly it isn't easy for a company to change the composition and activities of its sales force sales people and customers resist change often quite fiercely if a company starts hiring specialists instead of general purpose sales people for example or reassigns accounts from sales reps in the field of telesales staff existing sales people will have to learn how to sell different products and will have to terminate some customer relationships if they earn commissions or bonuses their income their income may fall in the short run customers too will have to adjust the new processes and establish relationships with new sales people as a result businesses tend to change their sales structure only when major events such as the failure to meet targets a change in rival strategies or mergers force them to do so this conservatism doesn't serve companies well the sales force structure that works during startup is different from what works when the business is growing during its maturity and through its decline the four life cycle phases aren't mutually ex- exclusive some companies display characteristics of more than one stage at a, at the same time many businesses go through the four stages in turn but when new technologies or markets emerge companies can also move non sequentially through the life cycle stages these days businesses tend to go through the four phases more quickly than they used to which makes it even more important to have a flexible sales force over the past 25 years we and our colleagues at zs associates have studied the sales force structures of approximately 2500 businesses in 68 countries our research shows that companies that change their sales forces structure in ways that correspond loosely to the stages of a product or business goes through in its life cycle are more successful than those that don't during startup smart companies force on whether they should depend on selling partners or create their own sales forces if they decide to set up sales organization they pay a lot of attention to sizing them correctly as companies grow sizing issues become even more important in addition executives must decide when to invest in specialist sales forces when businesses hit maturity the emphasis 
shifts to making sales forces more effective by appointing account managers and better allocating sales people resources and making them more cost efficient by using less expensive people such as telesales staff and sales assistant finally as organizations go into decline sales leaders attention shifts to reducing the size of sales forces and using even more cost efficient ways to cover markets in the following pages we will explore in depth how companies can develop the best sales force structure for each of the four stages of the business life cycle the idea in brief although companies devote considerable time and money to managing to managing their sales forces few focus much thought on how the structure of the sales force needs to change over the life cycle of a product or a business however the organization and goals of a sales operation have to evolve as a businesses start up grow mature and decline if a company wants to keep winning the race of for customers specifically firms must consider and alter four However, the organization and goals of a sales operation have to evolve as businesses start up, grow, mature, and decline. If a company wants to keep winning the race for customers, specifically, firms must consider and alter four factors over time: the differing roles that internal salespeople and external selling partners should play, the size of the sales force, its degree of specialization, and how salespeople apportion their efforts. among different customers products and activities these variables are critical because they determine how quickly sales forces respond to market opportunities they influence sales reps performance and they affect company's revenues costs and profitability in this the authors used time series data and cases to explain how at each stage firms can best tackle the relevant issues and get the most out of their sales forces during startup smart companies focus on how big their sales staff should be and on whether they can depend upon selling partners in the growth phase they can they concentrate on getting the sales force degree of specialization and size right when businesses hit maturity companies should better allocate existing resources and hire more general purpose sales people finally as organizations go into decline why sales people wise sales leaders reduce sales force size and use partners to keep the businesses afloat for as long as possible the startup making the right moves early sales leaders of new companies and new divisions of existing companies are eager to exploit opportunities in the marketplace and are under pressure to demonstrate success quickly While a startup has to worry constantly about selling cost, a new division can draw on some of the parent company's financial and human resources. Still, since both their sales force must create awareness about new products and generate quick sales, the organizations face the same structural dilemmas. Do it yourself or outsource. The central decision that a new business must make is whether it should sell its product directly to customers or sell them through partners. Although many entrepreneurs outsource the sales functions that may not always be the right decision to be sure be by tying up with other companies new ventures save the cost of building and maintaining sales forces partnerships can also help executives manage risk better since startups often pay only commissions on sales if products don't sell their costs are minimal moreover new businesses can enter markets rapidly by working alongside companies that have sales expertise influence over sales channels and relationships with potential customers for example in the 1990 cybel systems used systems integration consultants such as accenture to build its enterprise software business quickly companies that decide to outsource the sales function should segment the market and develop sales processes that meet each segment's needs 
they need then they should select a partner or partners that will implement those selling processes effectively to succeed a company needs and selling partners attention startups must develop partner management system that include marketing programs and incentive schemes and appoint partner managers who provide selling partners with encouragement process assistance sales analytics and end user data all too frequently companies rely on money to motivate partners not realizing that incentives are in a substitute for systems and supervision Companies should track performance closely, quickly terminate agreements with partners that don't perform well, and shift to selling directly when it's in their long-term interest to do so. In our experience, many businesses depend on their selling partners for too long. When companies outsource the sales function, they don't control the selling activity, have little power over salespeople, gain no channel power, and don't. on customer relationships as time goes by it becomes more not less difficult to reduce dependence on selling partners many firms become stuck in partnerships that inhibit growth take the case of sonosite when it launched the world's first handheld ultrasound machine in 1999 the company decided to use a well known distributor to sell the product in the united states since the ultrasound device was technology was technologically complex the distributor needed to educate potential customers that required a multi-step selling process which the distributor didn't use for the other products it sold after 2 years of disappointing sales sonosite dropped the distributor and started selling the device itself a year after it had stopped its sales forcefully its revenues rose by 79% although outsourcing is popular today We are convinced that companies should use selling partners only if they stand to gain strategic advantages as well as cost benefits. Those advantages come in several flavors. Many partners turn products into solutions, which can greatly increase sales. For example, value-added resellers create systems that combine their own software with computer hardware, and different manufacturers, startups. also gain access to customers when their products becomes part of an assortment that a partner offers for instance a computer accessories manufacturer could benefit by tying up with the distributor cdw which delivers a range of computer related equipment to companies in the united states only when partners provide strategic advantages or selling relationships likely to enter how big should the sale sales staff be During the startup phase, salespeople, sales forces have to educate potential customers about products and change customers' buying processes before they can generate sales. Salespeople must also must chase down and make every possible sale in order to drive business. That's a lot of work, but new ventures have limited capital to invest in attracting and developing good salespeople. As a result, many new businesses adopt an earn-your-way approach to sizing their sales force. They start small and add more feet. on the street after they have generated the money to pay for them this approach sounds eminently logical but often results in companies leaving money on the table between 1998 and 2004 we forecast the sales and with the profit implications of different sales forces forces size for 11 startups in the healthcare industry in 10 of the company sales leaders chose to create teams that were smaller than the optimal size in fact the average size was just 64% of the optimal by not hiring enough sales people each of those companies missed the opportunity to earn 10 of millions of dollars in additional sales and profits in their first 3 years tellingly only one business size its sales force optimally during the startup stage and it went on to become the leader in an overcrowded market segment We don't fault 
sales leaders for investing cautiously when they are short of cash or if the future is uncertain. The trouble is most companies don't increase their investment in sales forces even when the future becomes clear. The moment signs of success emerge, businesses should increase the size of their sales forces quickly and aggressively. Otherwise, they will forfeit sales and profits and perhaps even their futures. On the flip side, startup divisions of existing companies often over-invest in salespeople. The desire to be competitive results in the sales force is that, given the nature of the business opportunity, are too big to be profitable. Growth, building on success. During the startup stage, many companies' product lines are narrow and they operate in a small number of markets. As businesses grow, their product portfolios expand and their sales forces have to call on prospects in a broader set of markets. This presents sales managers with two challenges, specialization and size. The need to specialize in the growth phase, it's not sufficient for many companies to maintain a sales force of generalists who sell the entire product line to all markets. Salespeople need to master multiple products, market and selling tasks at this stage as repeat sales as repeat sales become a larger proportion of sales, customers will require service and support, adding to salespeople workloads as tasks grow beyond the salespeople capacity to perform their jobs. They are likely to drop the customers' products and selling activities that are most difficult to manage. Unfortunately, what they drop may be lucrative or strategic opportunities for the business. At this point, companies need to set up specialist sales forces. Some specialist sales teams focus on products, other on markets, and still others on customer segments. Sales forces can also specialize in certain activities. Some salespeople concentrate on acquiring customers and others on servicing existing customers. Every kind of specialization has benefit and cost. For instance, specialization by market reduces salespeople focus on products while product or activity specialization forces customers to deal with multiple salespeople. Many companies therefore create hybrid structures that include a mix of generalists as well as market product and activity specialists. One well-known software company has hired account managers to focus on all the needs of its major customers. The company's product specialists call on mid-sized clients that don't generate enough business to warrant account managers and its generalist salespeople cover small companies whose needs don't justify visits by several product specialists. The transition from the multi-purpose sales force to be specialized one is always tough. The work changes considerably, the customer relationships are disrupted, sales forces may need to adopt team-based selling techniques, making coordination and collaboration vital. The people who succeed in a team-based setting are likely to be different from the lone wolves who do well in the traditional sales force. Consequently, companies may have to recast parts of their sales forces. Rejuvenated businesses face a slightly different predicament when a company goes back into growth gear after a period of maturity or decline, its new offerings will have different value propositions and will open up new markets. Salespeople will need to sell differently and they will need retaining to do so. Companies may consider splitting their sales forces into groups that specialize in selling old and new products. If neither education nor restructuring delivers results, the company may have to replace the sales force. Companies must revisit sizing issues when they move from generalist sales forces to specialist ones. On the one hand, specialists will have to cover larger distances than generalists did 
in order to call on the same number of customers. This means they will lose time and travel. The company will therefore need more of them to cover its customers base. On the other hand, specialists are more effective than generalists are. So each sales call will be more profitable. Getting the size right. Growth is usually a, ha a happy time in the evolution of the sales force. Sales come in relatively easily and salespeople are full of optimism. Even so, companies often make critical errors in sizing their sales forces. They continue to understaff and as a result, they are unable to capitalize on all the opportunities that exist. Most companies invest conservatively in salespeople because they don't realize that increasing the size of the sales force has short-term and long-term consequences. When new salespeople come on board, they initially generate small revenue increases. As time goes by, their impact gets bigger. That happens for several reasons. First, new salespeople are not as effective as they will be when they become veterans. Second, in markets with long selling cycles, it takes months of efforts before salespeople clinch sales. Third, many purchases, especially in businesses market, are not one-time orders, but multi-year contracts finally carry over sales, sales that occur in the future, but are the result of sales efforts in the present, vary across products and markets, but they represent a significant proportion of every company's long-term revenues. When a company increases the size of its sales force, it doesn't maximize sales or profits at first. Over time, however, the company will make more profits than if it had started with a smaller sales force. We analyzed data from sizing studies that ZS Associates conducted between 1998 and 2001 for 50 companies. We found that the sales force size that maximizes companies' three-year profits is 18% larger on average than the size that maximizes one-year profits. Such findings create competing priorities for sales leaders who want long-term success but feel pressure to meet annual profit targets. Besides, they rightly believe that three-year project projections are less accurate than one-year forecast. A cautious approach is justified if there is considerable uncertainty over the future, but the most sales leaders favors cost-minimizing tactics over profit-maximizing ones. Even when the likelihood of success is high, Consequently, they don't hire enough salespeople to exploit the market fully. Behavioral influences to exert pressure on executives to keep sales forces small. Most salespeople resist giving up accounts. They argue that new sales terrorist territories aren't justified some threaten to join competitors if management reduces their account basis. For instance, in 2005, when an American medical devices company set out to add 25 sales territories, salespeople and sales managers resisted. They exerted so much pressure that the company eventually created only 12 new territories, which resulted in lower sales and profits than the business could have generated by hiring more salespeople. Sales leaders can reduce this kind of resistance by fostering a culture of change. They must set expectations early so that salespeople realize from the outset that as the businesses grows, they will be, there will be changes in territories and compensation. Some companies periodically resign, reassign accounts between territories to maintain the right balance. Others set lower commission rates on repeat sales or pay commissions after the first year. They, after a salesperson revenues exceed a certain level, these tactics give companies the flexibility to expand territories and sales forces in the future.
A company should determine the most appropriate sizing for its sales force by evaluating the probable size of the opportunity and assessing the potential risks of pursuing an aggressive or conservative approach. An aggressive strategy is appropriate when the business has a high likelihood of success and management has confidence in the sales projections. A more conservative strategy works when greater uncertainty surrounds the business's success. Two types of sizing errors are common. First, if the sales force growth is aggressive but the market opportunity is moderate, the company will end up having to reduce its sales force. Second, if sales force growth is conservative but the market opportunity is large, a business may forfeit its best chance to become a market leader. To make better decisions about sales force sizing, companies must invest in market research and in developing forecasting methods and sales response analytics. Maturity. The quest for effectiveness and efficiency. Eventually, products and services start to lose their advantage. Competition intensifies and margins erode. At this stage, sales leaders must rely more on the resourcefulness than on increasing the scale of the sales effort. Their strategy should emphasize retaining customers serving existing segments and increasing the efficiency and effectiveness of the sales force. Optimizing resources in the maturity phase, companies must focus on optimizing the sales force effectiveness. A study we conducted in 2001 shows that the mature companies boosted their gross margin by 4.5% when they resized their sales forces and allocated resources better. While 29% of those gains came because the companies corrected the size of their sales forces, 71% of the gains were the result of changes in the resource utilization. Companies often don't optimize the allocation of their sales resources for several reasons. First, they use the wrong rules. For instance, Executives often target customers with the highest potential even though their customers prefer to buy from competitors. Smart companies allocate more resources to products and markets that respond well to salespeople. Second, businesses frequently don't have data on the sales potential of account and territories or the responsiveness of potential customers to sales efforts. There are no shortcuts on the road of the road to effectiveness, though organizations can allocate resources best if they measure how responsive different products and markets are to sales efforts. Executives can do that by comparing sales results among similar sized customers to whom they alloc allotted different levels of effort. That analysis allow a company to evaluate the financial implications of different allocation scenarios. The company can then manage its sales force, even offering incentives on occasion so that salespeople expend effort in the most productive ways. Businesses often find sales effort wasted. Some salespeople try to sell everything in the bag. Others spend too much time with the familiar or easy to sell products. Products managers made angle made angle 2.7% of the sales force time and analysis revealed that the company's profits would soar if the sales force concentrated on just 8 products. In fact, our studies show that focused strategies usually deliver better results than across the board ones. Thus, a company makes the greatest profits when its sales force spends its time with the most valuable subset of customers or with the most valuable products in its basket. Good territorial alignment, the assignment of accounts 
prospects of geographies to sales people is a frequently overlooked productivity tool when businesses adopt unsystematic approaches to carving up territory sales force effort will not match customer need to measure the extent of the problem in 2000 we analyzed data from 36 territorial alignment studies that we had conducted in eight industries in the united states and canada our analysis showed that 55% of the sales territories were either too large or too small because of the mismatches businesses were passing up between 2% and 7% of revenues every year companies can create and maintain territorial alignment by measuring the time and effort necessary to service customers every year they should take accounts away from sales people we can't give them sufficient attention and transfer the accounts to those who don't have enough work The account manager's emergence many a business discovers in the maturity stage that the use of product specialists posing coordination problems and confusing customers that must deal with several sales people smart companies appoint managers to the largest accounts these account managers coordinate the sales efforts and bring in product specialists when the customer needs expertise In addition to increasing revenues the appointment of account managers boosts customer satisfaction and often reduces selling cost during an American medical products company's growth phase in the 1990s it added a specialist sales force for almost every new product it launched eventually some large hospitals had more than 30 sales people from the company visiting them every week many of whom called on the same contracts travel costs soared and worse customers became confused by the large number of sales people visiting them realizing the problem the company reduced the number of specialist sales people and added managers to coordinate selling activities at large accounts that help the company save cost and strengthen customer relationship companies must also find the most in- inexpensive ways to get work done they can use sales assistants and part-time sales people to to woo small or geographically dispersed customers and to sell easy to understand products businesses can also use telesales staff to perform activities that don't require face to face contact with customers for example one newspaper company we consulted with hired sales assistants in 2005 to take over several non selling and administrative tasks before the assistants assistants arrived sales people spend only 35% of their time with prospects and customers the assistants arrived feed them to spend more than more time on sales related tasks in addition since the addition, since the assistants received lower salaries than the sales people did the sales force efficiency rose sharply decline living to fight another day companies go into decline when the products lose their edge and customers shift to rivals as ceos search for breakout strategies sales forces must do everything they can to help businesses remain viable the most vital decisions relate as they did during the startup stage to the sales force size and the role of selling partners but executives choices depend on whether or not they foresee a turnaround when a turnaround is likely Some businesses know their decline is temporary. They plan to boost revenues and profits in the not too distant future by launching new products or by merging with other companies. However, turnarounds often demand different sales force structure than the one companies have. A smart company therefore determines what kind of structure it will need for the sales force to achieve its new goals. Then it identifies and preserves elements or the current of the current structure that are consistent with the one it will need. that's critical executive shouldn't tear down the parts 
of the sales organization that will be valuable in the future. For instance, companies often downsize sales forces to save cost in the short run, although they may need more, not fewer salespeople to implement new strategies. Many sales leaders take advantage of temporary declines to eliminate mediocrity in their sales forces. Once the turnaround starts, they hire salespeople who are more qualified than the ones they let go. Sometimes what looks like a misallocation of resources is really mediocre performance. Take the case of a Chicago-based software company that was in decline in the 1990s. The company's sales process evolved appropriately, with salespeople becoming skilled at protecting current businesses. When the firm launched some new products, it realized that few of its sales people had the skill and appetite to pursue new customers and markets aggressively. Instead of sacking salespeople, the software firm created two roles, current account managers or farmers and new businesses developers or hunters. The veterans continued to manage existing customers which suited their capabilities while sales leaders hired most of the new business developers from outside the organization that helped the software company move quickly from decline to growth. When a turnaround isn't likely, when further decline is inevitable, sales organization can only ensure that companies remain profitable for as long as possible. Businesses should use their salespeople to service the most profitable, loyal and strategically important customers and service other accounts through low-cost selling resources such as telesales, staff or external partners. Protecting the most loyal customers and the best salespeople are top priorities. Companies need to focus loving attention on key customers that fearing the salespeople managing their accounts will soon be gone. Will entertain competitive offerings, they must reassure these critical accounts about the immediate future, particularly by retaining star salespeople. When the sales force starts to worry about downsizing, the best salespeople will be the first to leave. Even as companies prepare to let other people go, they must pace stars handsomely to keep them in addition strong strong leadership is essential during downsizing and only timely the and straightforward communication from sales leaders can maintain a reasonable level of morale and motivation to decide how quickly it should reduce headcount a company must assess the market opportunity that remains and the risks of different downsizing strategies a gradual sales force reduction works well when the opportunity is declining at the modest rate but it is a poor strategy when the market is disappearing quickly errors are common many businesses downsize the sales force slowly remaining hopeful between each wave of layoffs that the trend will reverse when it doesn't the high cost of the sales force will render the companies unprofitable faster one common tactic for a gradual downsizing is a hiring freeze that isn't an effective way to a downsize sales forces particularly when the opportunity decline is significant sales force attribution usually doesn't occur quickly and if salespeople who cover important accounts leave a hiring freeze will result in suboptimal market coverage Rapid sales force reduction is the best course when the market is in a steep decline. Survivors will know they have some kind of job security. Customers will have greater confidence about what the future holds and sales leaders can start building a smaller, more focused sales organization. The risk with rapid sales force reduction, though it is though is that if the decline turns out to be less severe than expected, more people will lose their jobs than necessary. Although the business will remain profitable, while the rate of decline 
will be greater than if headcount reductions had been modest. If there's a lot of uncertainty about the rate at which the market is shrinking, companies should consider downsizing the sales force in small but discrete steps. Improving the efficiency of sales forces and searching for lower cost selling channels are critical when companies are in decline. By using less expensive selling resources, companies can continue selling to some segments that entails moving the coverage of some customers from specialty salespeople to generalists and shifting the coverage of other customers from field salespeople to telesales staff. As in the maturity stage, companies can shift the selling of easy-to-understand products and the execution of administrative tasks to less expensive resources such as sales assistant, telesales staff, part-time salespeople and the internet. It's not easy, but a systematic cost reduction program can help companies to live, fight another day. Take the case of the America American lubricant manufacturer that is early 2005 needed to cut costs radically. To preserve profitability, the company revised its channel strategy, moving the coverage of thousands of customers to selling partners. Those partners had less expensive overhead such as office space and employee benefits so that so their costs were lower than those of the manufacturer the company shrank its sales force and got the remaining salespeople to focus on selling only to large customers by the end of the year the lubricant company had turned the corner sales leaders who try to match sales force structure with the business's life cycle face different challenges at every stage the common thread though it is is that they must overcome organizational resistance at each step and sacrifice short-term profits to secure their company's success over time.